1: Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. No Bradfoe, it's just Coop and everyone else from Who Says No. Uh, we've got Gordo, we've got the Hebrew Hammer, and we've got Doc Brown. Boys,
2: introduce yourself. What is going on, boys? Hello? Come on,
1: you could give a little bit. How was your day? How
2: was your day? What, bus- what is your name, Gordo? My, my name is Gordo. I took a bus back from New York early this morning so that that was my day was there for the celtics who uh did not show up but i still showed up i showed up and showed out uh we're back in boston now we're gonna talk some socks
3: yeah word word what's up guys uh, i watched the uh, bruins last night before i went to bed checked pat brown's instagram got motivated woke up at 4 a.m went to the gym and now i'm here let's go hey
1: awesome um, glad that glad that we all got through that. Um last time we were chatting, it was just the start of spring training. We were that still game. just kind of like hearing and seeing new stuff they, some people all uh, of them are currently a dub currently, Cassis just got a ribby.
3: You know what was beautiful about that RBI single by Casas? What's that? It was a ground ball up the middle, and it went through because there was no shift.
2: It's beautiful. Yeah, kind of like it's dinky cool. little little contact, but it gets through when they're not shifting. It's nice. It's like baseball from when we were kids. All
1: right, real quick, yeah. real quick around the horn, just like one word, uh thoughts on all the new rules so far.
2: Gordo, you start. One word? I mean, imperfect, but I'm a fan. It's not That's one not word. not one word.
3: Okay. Moving <laughs> like on. Same, Sam. I'm a
2: fan.
1: Sammy uh, was Torn.
3: Called? Torn is my word. Okay. I'm torn. Okay. I like some, don't like some.
1: Pat um again that was more than one uh, word uh, indifferent okay
2: cool i'm gonna say good we need to get sammy going on his pitch clock rant because i've been seeing your tweets sammy we need to have this talk (laughs) we need to have the talk sammy hey about the pitch clock hey sammy as your parents
1: we're gonna need to sit down with you and have the talk about the pitch clock
3: i am concerned we we had the talk my dad sat me down he was like listen I don't know about the pitch clock. So hey, listen. I did my own research into it. Of course, um, obviously it's it's sped up right now. Um, I'm, I'm well aware that it's sped up right now and they're just enforcing it heavily. Um, I, I've resigned myself. I'm never going to like it. I'm never going to like a pitch clock. Coop, I think you pitched. I pitched for like 15 years. This would make me livid if I were pitching and there was a pitch clock. I understand why it's here and I'll never like it. And I just have to be okay with that. My hope is that it doesn't change the game too much. And who's the guy? Pedro Baez, the guy who takes like two minutes to throw a pitch? That I don't like. I don't like that. Nobody likes that. I do, however, enjoy the cat and mouse game. And I'm aware I'm in the minority with that. And I think we're going to lose a little bit of that um, with the pitch clock. But granted, if the goal is truly to increase the amount of viewers, I think this will help a little bit. I don't think it's going to help as much as people think. Um, But... Yeah. It's something I'm going to have to deal with. I, I, I definitely don't like it. I'll never like it. Like I said. Um, but you know, to wrap it up, wrap up the rant, I, I, I was going to go on big time rant, but then I was like, no, no, hey, no, no. I, want- Hey, I, I'm going to push back on like the cat and mouse
1: thing. Cause like, I, like you said, like, I, I appreciate that type of stuff. Um, but like how often, and it's like the pitchers hitting home runs, I feel like, like how often do you really get one of those, like we're gonna have a stare off right now, like one person standing yeah. like a foot out in the box, or maybe like a pitcher just holding on the rubber. Like, how often do we get like, do like that, that. Yasil Puig, like Madison Bumgarner type moments like that? Like, not often. Like that's why it's like yeah. the Bartolo like home run. That's why it's like Yasil Puig and like Madison Bumgarner, like they're recognizable so, moments because they just stand alone and they don't have happen that often. So like you're you're not really losing too much.
3: Agreed. Yeah. And, and when you asked it for our word, I said my word was torn because, for example, you think back, what's the most one of the most famous plays in Red Sox history is Dave Roberts' stolen base. And part of what I think is so cool about that play is when you see Mariano Rivera come set, he looks, it's so tense. It's so tense. What was it, three pickoffs before he went? That one, I don't me- That part, I'm not sure about. that. The pickoff rule oh, is cool. Gonna tomorrow, but that's a different conversation. Anyway. Yeah. Just like the, the, when he's holding the ball and you can hear a rat take a piss inside of Fenway because it's so tense and then boom. So I know I'm not going to be missing too much in terms of quantity, but quality is what I'm... So I counter
1: about. with that where I look at like I'm trying to look at like this as like a shot clock. Like you're now working with like both the pitcher and the catcher dynamically like trying to now offset the other because you know that teams are going to try and get tricky with it um who who were what did, was it S- uh Senecker? he had said like we need to like focus on the pitch clock and not the catcher after the red Sox, uh like walked it off or tied it off you could say in a, was it a Bach te- I, clock I, off. yeah i don't know what we're calling it whatever um But, like, the fact that he mentioned, like, the catcher in that situation where, okay, so, like, what are the Red Sox now doing to try and distract, like, hitters or try and, like, offset their timing? Um, So, it's now creating, like, another, like, element of chess that is, like, people love about baseball. And, um, like, it's a force to look at it that way. But I think, like, you get down to, like, the World Series. And you have that, like, all right, the like the batter and the pitcher are now having like this like jousting match of like who can offset the other while also trying to be like have a productive at bat or have like a productive like sequence of like pitching. Um. So like that's my that's right. me romanticizing against it's, that.
3: It's a new cat that's and mouse. Movie yeah. In baseball. Can I ask that's you guys things. a question that I have about the pitch clock? Go for I would, it. I would love to hear everyone's input. Yes. So. Um, like I mentioned, um, I'm not sure if uh, Pat and Goro if you guys were pitchers or position players, but Coop and I I'm pretty sure we're pitchers. and the first thing I thought um, when I saw the pitch clock is like, holy crap, these guys are gonna get hurt. like they're gonna be like rushing the mechanics and bad mechanics is what leads to shoulder and arm injuries and I know there wasn't much evidence for that in the minors last year, but I feel like over time that's something that could pick up and um eric sim the juco baseball king apologies if i got that nickname wrong he had a really nice like quick i think it was even a TikTok. it was like 30 seconds long and he explained like why he has that same concern which was kind of nice because uh felt a little crazy bringing that up but it was nice to see someone have the same concern so um yeah just wanted to hear what you guys think do you think it'll lead to more injuries or or no
2: I'm actually surprised that you said, because that's something I thought about too. I'm surprised that you said that there wasn't evidence of that in the minors because I figure if the if the lack of tack and sunscreen and all that stuff can lead to injuries, you'd think that something like this could, but you would think at a minimum it would lead to decreased velocity. Like a lot of these guys need to build up that strength in between their pitches to get that triple digit gas. Maybe I mean, I think that's part of their hope is that this something like this leads to increased offense. I think everything they're doing is trying to yeah. lead to more balls in play, limiting the strikeouts. And I think, I don't know, but I, I don't know what the minor league stats say on that, but I, I find it hard to believe that the strikeout numbers and the velocity numbers can stay where they've been at the last few years with this.
4: Yeah, I think velocity probably dips just because the sheer turnaround between pitches. I think velocity dips. And then the other thing, too, is I wonder if this will have a kind of an effect on like, guys who are getting rubbed up a little bit you have no time to compose yourself like you can't walk around the mound take a breather get back on the mound might help you're literally yeah you're you're literally if you're getting shelled getting the ball back going back going. obviously there's still mound visits and stuff but i'm curious to see how velocity and like just composure yeah. is affected by like the quick turnaround
1: i believe they've already said that um or at least one team had come out and said that they're predicting like a four per like four to five percent mile per hour like down tick in the average like speed
3: it's a lot yeah yeah I, so that's I what they're
1: accounting th- for
3: what i come back to is if the goal is to increase offense and let me preface this i've never liked change in anything in life i always get all uncomfortable when there's change so every time there's a new rule i'm always going to initially be against it i'm and i get that that's a flaw i have but if we want to increase offense We've already limited the shift and made the bases bigger and we have the pickoff rule and i think there's a new bach rule as well like that's a lot and now we have the pitch clock so maybe what i'm thinking is all these rules at once is a little jarring and of course everyone says the same thing you'll get used to it of course eventually that doesn't mean it's a good thing so um i'm willing to i really don't have a choice i'm willing to wait and see how it goes but um, i I really do like the new rules. The pitch clock is the only one I'm a little so so on. and you know, I have my reasons. I know I'm in the the vast minority here, but it is what it is. We'll see how it goes. and I, I hope I'm dead wrong. I just think it's gonna be really
2: interesting because it's gonna change the way that people can watch the game. Like so many times I'm making dinner. i'm I'm such a psychopath with this. like i I'm making dinner and like I'm stirring the pot and I run in to see the pitch and then I run back into the kitchen to like keep doing whatever in the kitchen. And I tried to do that tonight and I and it wasn't working because I would miss a pitch because they're going so much quicker with the pitch clock. Like you're not gonna be able to look down at your phone as much. And like, and you could say that's a good or a bad thing. Like I like to look up, I like to go on baseball, Savant stuff when the game's on, like I'll probably still be able to do stuff like that, but it is gonna change things. I, I just think that overall for the game, just in terms of its overall popularity over time, I think it's gonna be a good thing. You just push the actions closer together. Like the same amount of actions are happening, they're just happening closer together. And the, thing's going to, the product's gonna look a little, a little bit different to start, but like you said, Sammy, I think we're gonna get used to it. And in the end, I think we're gonna be thankful for it just because if it's the same amount of action and it's all happening in two and a half hours, that just means we're more stimulated as fans. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it.
1: Nice. And on that note, who do we think uh, – we've seen some guys come in so far. We've seen some guys come out. Um, Let's kind of, like, talk about, like, what's been the biggest names you think of camp or how – I mean, when I texted you guys, like, basically, I was just kind of like, pick a a topic that you guys want to talk about. How does it relate to the roster? So, um I don't know, Pat, hit us with what you got first.
4: I'll just say what I said in the group chat right before we started. I think it's kind. Of, it took me by surprise to hear Cora say that the guy who kind of jumps off the page so far in spring training was big maple, James Paxton. I think most guys probably slotted him in maybe back end, maybe lefty relief, but then the Cora come out and pretty much say that um, he's like standing out in camp. I, I, that really throws a wrench into the kind of projected rotations from, uh, like, just fans in general, media outlets. I'll be curious to see how that affects guys like Bayo, Whitlock, maybe Pavetta. I hope not, but maybe Pavetta.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I um, I actually think, like, this could mean Bayo starts in AAA. I know people hate that. I don't like it either. But, I mean, if Paxton's healthy, he's probably in the rotation. He's a starting pitcher. My thing is, a lot of people want Pivetta out of the rotation. I think he absolutely has to be in the rotation. He's the only guy who's giving you length and doesn't have big injury concerns. I know he's sick right now, but that's not an injury. So the Paxton thing's interesting. It's a little bittersweet because of the Bayo thing. But, man, if that guy's healthy and anywhere near what he used to be like, what's it, $4 million? Oh, my God. That's awesome. So um, it's good news. And I agree with what you said, Pat.
1: And with the Bayo thing, not necessarily all bad because you can kind of ramp him up into like the MLB season because, I mean, he had his woes when he started off last season. So I can imagine, you you know, a fresh start in cold weather. I'm sure that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, You know, like not necessarily true, not like, you know, but I would rather see him kind of like ramp his way up into uh, his, his MLB season.
2: Yeah. And you got to remember he's, he's behind schedule. He had that forearm thing. I know he's throwing now, but I don't know when we're going to see him face hitters in a real spring training game. Like, I think it's just such a luxury because they get to take it slow with him. You don't have to worry about, Oh, if Bale's not ready for opening day, we we have to go to a rookie who's never thrown a big league game. He's going to have to throw in, in cold April for his major league debut and that can be really stressful. Like, you've got seven guys who are ready to go. Like, they're going to build Tanner Houck up as a starter, and hopefully he makes maybe one, two starts, and then they can unleash him as a weapon out of the bullpen. But mm-hmm. I think it's just such a, such a luxury with how they've built this team that you don't have to rush a guy like Whitlock, who Cora said is probably not going to start the season with the team. You, you don't have to rush a Brian Bale. Like, you can – roll your next five guys out and you've got five big league starting pitchers still, you know, most other teams, if two of their better young arms go down, like they're in a hole to start the season, but that's not necessarily the case here. Assuming that, you know, Nick Pavetta who I, I think I read today is going to face a big league team next week in spring training. They'll have five guys healthy to go.
3: Yeah. And I think a big storyline that the national media, maybe not as much the local media storyline, the national media, in my opinion, is kind of missing is uh, we got depth, which is something we didn't have last year. And that's, like you said, a nice luxury. We can handle these injuries and we can almost turn them into a positive with Bayo ramping them up, as Coop said. Um, Not great with Pavetta being a little behind schedule, but like I said, depth, it's a nice luxury.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: All right. Sweet. And Sammy, what did you bring to the table?
3: My question is, who's the leadoff hitter? And again, lots of options. It's a nice luxury, something that people are missing. This team has a lot of utility, so yeah. Who do you guys think is? Let's let's assume I believe Gibson or Kramer is going to be starting for Baltimore on opening day. Two righties. I don't think Means is slated to start, but let's assume it's a righty. Who do you guys want leading off? Well, they've already ruled out Yoshida. Correct. Like More or they've less ruled him out, but it sounds unlikely now. Okay, I
4: got a I got an obscure pick. It's Justin Turner leadoff.
3: Ooh, why him?
4: Lefty high OBP, saves you Devers and Massa for some combination of two, three, four.
3: Okay, did you see the uh, the Twitter smoke about um, Verdugo today? How he and his brother discussed it in the offseason. He said he's open to it, so he looks slimmer. So. I don't know if I think didn't Cora try that in 2020 if I'm not mistaken 2019 yeah. was he dead in 2020
1: like came out of like the like spring training like really hot I don't oh, know if I you remember either. like he He's I think he had off. like a th- two home run or like three not a three home run game but he like went off in a series I remember like very early on in the season
3: I think he was number Two didn't he bat second for a while and he was really hot in the two hole? It was like, who was bad at this? I can't.
4: I know when I know when Kike was out for a little bit, and I think it was 21, Verdugo was kind of like the first guy they tried to plug in at the uh, top of the lineup. So,
3: the issue with that is, and and maybe not an issue because we're assuming we're facing a righty on opening day, do you want you're gonna have to have two lefties back to back at some point? Do you want them on the top of the order? where you think like, okay, cool, if a lefty comes in, these guys are so talented that they could handle a lefty? Or do you want the back-to-back lefties at the bottom of the order where you can mix and match? That's what I'm thinking.
4: I think ideally when you go with the back-to-back lefties, you have one who has a good track record of hitting lefties, and that's why I would be okay with Verdugo being one of those two lefties that ends up going back-to-back. Okay. Because I think a career over – uh, he was beginning last year, I obviously he still is, but he was a career like over 300 guy against lefties
3: sweet gordo what do you think for Dugo or someone else so
2: just to go back to your other question about stacking the lefties i think my one the one thing i don't want is for them to stack a lefty with devers just because i want devers to be surrounded with two righties so if you've got righty devers righty you basically have to pick if you're if you're throwing a reliever out there you got to throw a righty at devers or you got to throw a lefty at two righties Mm -hmm. but so I, th- I think to start the season, I would probably take it slow with these guys. Like, you could throw Verdugo into the mix, and I, I think long-term he's who I think would be the best leadoff hitter. Um, but for opening day, I think I would just keep it simple with Kike and just see, let things kind of play out. You know, kind of like people are saying with the whole, who's going to be the leader of this team? Like, just let it happen. If someone gets off to a hot start, you keep mixing matching that leadoff spot, see who succeeds, and just roll it with that. So
3: you'd go Kike, Devers, Turner, Yoshida? That's exactly okay. what I would like. yeah. yeah, so I, I like that. That's Verdugo I like in a vacuum, but I think the way you put it with having two righties next to Devers, where it's like, all right, do you want a lefty facing two righties or do you want a righty facing Devers? That's a nice weapon to have late in the game. Um so yeah, I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then when it gets to the bottom of the order, and you got the two lefties back to back, that's when you unleash the ref and have Ref Snyder come in and blast a four hundred fifty foot bomb onto Lansdowne. I love it. Unleash the ref. The ref.
1: Are you going to become a uh, Ref Snyder's biggest fan this season? Just like his, I'm- just become like the
3: number one supporter. So that game that the Red Sox played where Verdugo hit the walk-off against the Yankees, um, that was I went to that game. That was the best game I went to all last year. And Ref Snyder hit a home run. I was above first base, and I vividly remember he hit that ball so friggin' hard. I could never in a million years hit a ball half that hard. And I remember it like it was slow motion, just the ball flying onto the street and everyone being like, oh, my God. That poor baseball. So I do like Ref Snyder for that one isolated it's moment. Ref, he's a cool dude. ref that he's a former Yankee, which makes it a little satisfying. Yeah. He lost twelve yeah today.
1: Uh, so. Gordo, I like your lineup, but what would you say to Yoshida batting second?
2: I would be open to it, but the only issue with it is then you have Devers batting fourth. Yeah. It. Assuming, I mean, it's so weird because like at Winter Weekend, Cora said. Yeah, like Yoshida, Devers, one, two, like hit him in the mouth right away. And now he's very defensive of, or what's the right word? He, he just doesn't want them hitting back to back. He doesn't want them hitting one and two. So if you're going to spread them out, I would either go Yoshida, one, Devers, three, or Devers, two, Yoshida, four,
3: just because I want to maximize those at-bats for Rafi. Seems like he's very dead set on Devers in the two hole. That was the theme all last year, and I think that he mentioned he mentioned it in some capacity. So, um, I think you're on with Devers two, Turner three, someone he three. Say something about wanting
2: Turner behind Devers too. But I just he's he has said so much so much stuff about the lineup, and he has thrown so many different lineups out there so far this spring. Like there is nothing we But
1: do I mean, it, I, will you be surprised if that's how it ends up being this season? I mean, last season, how many different
3: lineups did we see last year? Many, many, but you know what's what's interesting is that's such a double-edged sword because I remember in 2021, I watched a lot of John Boy back then, and what he would say every time is, I'm so jealous of the Red Sox. They roll out the same lineup every day, and they dominate. They just roll out the same lineup, and they hit every time. It's not going to be that this this year. year. Yeah, it's not going to be like that this year. Definitely not. So, Mm -mm. yeah, it's tough. It's a tougher job for Cora for sure, so good one for him by the way i don't want to be that guy imagine if we had xander Benning third oh sammy what are you doing oh i can't i can't not Ooh. think about it dude it's such a it's such an elephant in the room it's like oh we need a good right-handed number three pat
1: mm. the so. amount of what ifs that have been generated in the last what two to three years so many do you guys do see that picture yeah of, yeah uh, no we don't need to we're not <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to go there. And if we do go I there, see. I'm cutting it out in post. So that's just how <laughs> that's gonna go. We're not talking about that picture. Um, Weird pick, Gordo. you're Your last one, right? Yes, and this is relevant because. Oh, we th- th- thank you for making your topic
2: relevant. It would be a okay, terrific podcast. How bold of you! How bold of you, Gordo? Listen. It was relevant before, but it's extra relevant because he just went deep. I want to talk Tristan Casas. Ooh, fingernails! All right, he went deep. Oh, he went deep. Yeah. and then okay. two pitches later, Bobby took one off off the wall and right, almost almost went back to back. It's gonna be tough during the regular season. <laughs> but Did you guys see I, his fingernails quote? That's the kind of what I want. I want to get into uh, into that, and I want to get into the whole tanning in the outfield and napping in in the clubhouse i want to know where you guys each stand on that where do you stand with the veterans last year stepping in and telling them about how it's done i just want to hear a whole jumble of your thoughts on it
3: Did, did any of you read homegrown by alex spear yes okay The 2013 core did the same thing to the 2018 core. It's kind of like the life cycle of baseball players. It's just like you got to – it's so – like I love baseball. And here I am complaining like, oh, we got a pitch clock now. I'm such an old man. And now I'm playing the other side of the coin where I'm like, these old players got to let the young guys do their thing. I I think it's just part of like the culture of the game. I think it's fine. I think it's cool. I like that Costas is different. The fingernails – Whatever, man, if you got a problem with that. I saw a lot of people being like, oh, he's painting his fingernails. You know who painted their fingernails? Chuck Liddell when he was the UFC champion. So I got no problem with it. I think it's cool. He can sunbathe with his shoes off in the outfield all he wants. As long as he's producing, I do not care. So, th-
4: Yeah, I, I feel like it was kind of blown out of proportion because I feel like there's always stories every couple of years about like veterans and rookies, like kind of button heads or whatever. The same thing happened with Freddie went to uh, L.A., after he left it came out that he and acuna like didn't get along he told acuna like that's not braves baseball you can't be selfish you can't be flashy because he had like the he had the bands on the arm and the sunglasses like all this stuff and it all comes out after the guys leave i, I don't think it's i think it's overblown just because it we're kind of in a little bit of turmoil but i think it's pretty like standard from team to team
1: yeah it i it didn't really matter i especially with that team already like if that was a winning team and he came in and if it was bothering them that much they would have put an end to it he kept doing it and like even like even though that it was just kind of like yeah he went up onto like the sun deck or whatever and ended up doing that like that was probably Cassus being like oh well, like I'll do it like away from the scene and that's how it gets taken care of like that's that is how things get handled in like the professional world we're not ball players it's get gets handled in a different way, you know, like instead of Barbara like tip tapping away on her keyboard super loud, like they're going to going to go to HR and be like this is an itch issue. They're going to give Barbara the little silicon like keyboard over it and that's how it gets handled. In this case with the Red Sox, it's Tristan Cassis just going up onto the sun deck and doing it up there.
3: Like yeah, it's not a huge right. deal. Like, I got a Cardinal sin of radio slash podcasting. What's up? Who who do we think was complaining?
1: Um. Well, Cotillo confirmed that it wasn't Rich Hill. And that yeah. would have been my first which, guess.
3: Which is awesome to hear. Yeah. Local. Matt Barnes. I um, heard it was someone I could on the team. He- I could
1: hear it being him. Yeah. Who is Did you see his comments today? Yeah, dude. He He sucks. This is like a this is like a really bad like breakup where like one side cares way too much and like one side is
3: trying to like make a fight out of it and it's just like you talking about Barnes yeah yeah Yeah, that was kind of like I get it I get why he's upset like you make it to the top you fall off and then you're working your way up and they tell you like now I get why he's pissed but like. What are you doing airing that publicly? There's nothing There's nothing good that's going to come. You're not going to have a bunch of Miami Marlins fans rallying behind you, all 10 of them. You're going to get booed to death now at Fenway. It's going to be awful. So um, he gains nothing from that. I think it's a bad look. I get it, but keep it to yourself. That's bad, bad look. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's also like I feel like you're more than welcome to do it right after the fact. Like they DFA'd you. It's not even like they just traded you. They DFA'd you too. So I get it right, right off the bat, but – it's been what? It's been over a month now, right? That happened in January. We're almost through February.
4: Yeah. Probably. I would say probably about a month ago, yeah.
3: Yeah. And he's like oh, yeah. tiptoeing around it. Like, if you're really upset, like, say it with your chest. Like, let's hear it. Like, he's kind of like, like you said, it's like a bad breakup. And he's like, well, actually, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, say it. If you're upset, say it. We will we, we'll sympathize. I get it. Like, I've been told no before. Not this magnitude. But we get it. I I I just don't like the, the one foot in one foot out. Like, no, I don't hate them. But yeah, and and
1: like the thing that doesn't help is that you, you didn't perform to your contract, like if you performed to your contract, I'd be a little bit more sympathetic and like, I wouldn't mind you whining as much. But like, if you just came, like you said, if you just came out and said it, like, and like, this is the one time I'm going to say it. I don't mess with Haim. I don't think what he's doing is best for the organization. As someone that grew up in New England, I understand what this organization should be going for. And he's not it. That's one way to do it. Yeah. But you're not doing that. And like, you're now being like a little bee about it. Like in, I don't know, dude, nut up, nut up and be a man.
4: I think the biggest thing is, like, there's, like, zero accountability on his end. Like, you were the one who signed that contract. You were the one who, oh, I'm going to be the closer. I want to be the closer. Happy to be at Boston. As soon as that pen hit paper, he simply forgot how to play baseball. He was atrocious. It's not like he we cut the cord on, like, a cheap contract, like, clubhouse favorite guy who's been here, like, whatever. You signed a two year contract extension. You were supposed to be the closer. You were the one who talked a big game and you didn't back it up. You can't get mad when you pay the price of not performing to what is expected. Like there's zero accountability on his end. There, not once has he said, I didn't perform as, as well so as I could have. I didn't perform up Do to you my think
1: contract. this roster moves shows haim and like the way that like kind of like matt barnes is talking about it does it show that Heim is kind of prioritizing this like younger core and will be more likely to hold on to them rather than you know keep some of these older guys not really even older guys like middle tier guys like i mean that's why he's going after these like one to two year contracts because he can easily just shuffle them around now
3: yeah i mean I yeah think- i think
4: and oh, no, I was going to say, like, I think on paper, this team can be a good team. But I think he's also kind of has like a built-in like safety button because all these guys are on rental yeah. contracts. They're on one, two-year deals. Mm-hmm. So if this goes down the drain this year, they don't perform as well as they could have. He has a ton of flippable people.
1: And you still get to hold on and, to all those guys that you truly want to keep around, like the Whitlocks, the Hauks. You, yeah, yeah. Cassis, because you eventually do want to tie him up. He wants to be tied up.
4: Yeah. He just, the whole thing was just adding on the margins, but like with safety in mind. Like the team on paper right now is fine. Like it's, it's not a bad team. It's not a bad no. team. That being said, if it turns out to be a bad team, Kluber, Turner, half the bullpen, like you have guys you can just flip out and just gear up for next year while main, while keeping the Whitlocks, the Hawks, the Casas, the Devers, obviously.
3: Yeah. And, and to, uh, to kind of like, uh, backtrack a bit about the national media. Um, big video came out today. Talk about John boy again. And, uh, I forget which host it was. One of the hosts on John boy said the Red Sox seem like they don't have a plan. I couldn't disagree with that more. I think it's very, very obvious what the plan is. They're going with the young guys. They're doing the short deals with the, I believe that older, was ploof.
1: Correct. I was listening to that podcast today
3: who's great by the way nothing against john boy i know they're yankees it's actually a
1: very very good episode and a very good look into the red sox from like the outside perspective because like we live in a like a microcosm here of uh you know we're in our bubble yeah like we we hear what we hear like both sports stations are saying the same thing most papers are all saying the same thing right now um So it's interesting to hear some outside perspective, especially on the Red Sox. Uh would recommend yeah. people listening to that, even though they're not, you know, part of the company. No free ads. No, I agree. It's, no free ads, it, but free was, ad. Also it was a good episode. Also
2: yeah, yeah.
3: I heard I heard the Red Sox portion of it. And and I agree, honestly, I agree with most of it. I don't think they'll come in last. I would say fourth, maybe third, but um to say they don't have a plan is asinine to me. It's like very clearly see what they're doing. They've even kind of told you we want to extend the young guys: Casas, Whitlock, Hauk, uh, Bale. All these guys. Would you Devers not say all- though
1: that the trade deadline made it a little sloppy? Though
3: the trade deadline made it, it sloppy. It was slopping was them the up. Biggest, I would say that is the, in mm-hmm. my opinion, the biggest black eye on Heim's tenure in the, with the Red Sox was last. I don't get. Yeah, you he could was say that. Work. You could say. But that. we're we're far removed Maybe from that. that it's a lot different now. JD, like, why didn't we trade him?
4: anything
3: anything anything would have given jd uh, jd's awesome but like it has nothing to do with jd that team was never gonna sniff the playoffs like come on you're delusional if you thought they were and I, i don't know how you don't get under the luxury tax and probably hurt us more than we're even aware of but back to the original point there's clearly a plan they're going with the youth movement and they're keeping the old guys on for short term just so we can contend for the time being and then we'll turn it over and bada bing, bada boom. And then to add on to that, I think in a couple
2: of years, like there's a reason they're signing these guys to such short-term deals. Like in a couple of years, like they want guys like Tristan Casas and Whitlock and Bayo, all these guys to be in their primes. The The next wave of young guys will come up and they'll have a bunch of financial flexibility with all of these one and two year deals coming off the books. Have you guys seen the starting pitching market in each of the next two years?
4: Uh, Julio Uriah yeah <laughs> bring him to me I read
3: about it today in an article by Boston Sports Gordo
4: oh oh,
2: oh!
3: let me go find some of these names for you guys it is that boy's literate while while you're looking to, to your point exactly it's very clear there's a plan do you agree with it or not doesn't matter there's a plan. So that, that part, I was like, are you kidding me? No plan. If you don't agree with it, like I said, that's fine. But like, there's a plan. Look at the staff
2: right now. Like you've got Whitlock, who's cheap, Bayo, who's cheap, Hauk, who's cheap, and everyone else is on one or two year deals. This offseason, the upcoming free agent pitchers, Shohei Otani, Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer has a player option. Julio Arias, Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty, Luis Severino, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, Tyler Molly, Jordan Montgomery, Frankie Montas. Next year, Zach Wheeler, Tyler Glasnow, Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Max Fried, Pablo Lopez, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff. That's just the next two years. That's crazy. It's a shame the Red Sox have no plan and have no clue what they're going to do. Like they're the, 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 the one pattern has just been they have maintained flexibility so that when the team is ready to make that plunge and make that push from playoff team to championship team, they'll be ready to do it. Like they spend money, the payroll is there right now. It's just on one year deals, it's just on guys that you don't think are super long term staples because they're not. Because they're just kind of like I hate to use the term bridge year, but they're sort of just oh, bridging it's big time to- bridge year. Big
3: yeah, time bridge Huge bridge year. It's a bridge year. year. <laughs>
1: Hey, there let's, let's end it on this note. It's it's a bridge here.
3: It's a bridge here. We can, here, can have fun bridge. on a bridge. A bridge there are some yeah. great bridges
1: out there. Listen. A golden the Golden Gate Bridge. Here.
3: Great time. Centerville, Cape Cod, all the kids jump off the bridge yeah. into the lake. Bridges Let, are fun, but let's also be realistic
1: here. There there are some pretty underwhelming bridges as well. You know, the one that, you know, takes you from Hanover to Hanson. Uh Route 14, I believe. Um, underwhelming bridge. bridge. It happens, yeah. but it's a bridge.
4: 2013. But we gotta 2013 understand it it's a bridge. a bridge.
3: Have you been to uh, San Francisco, Coop? Uh, I have been. I have been. You got the Could Golden Gate Bridge, which is beautiful, and you have the Bay Bridge, which is like, ugh. don't we're hey, con- we're, we want to be on the Golden Gate?
1: The Bay Bridge is really long, and I dig that. So,
3: but it's like bland
1: okay a lot long dude we want shorter games shorter that's Golden true, Gate,
3: that's true. The Golden Gate
1: Well, let's just settle on size doesn't matter
3: <laughs> size doesn't matter then why do we got a pitch clock and constantly talking about how great short games are? <clears throat> anyway short games.
4: <laughs> shut up boomer Take all, right. It
3: away, all right um so that's a,
1: any last thoughts any the, gordo any last thoughts final thoughts plug anything
2: no, I, I don't want to plug. I just want right, to say. All right, cool. Uh, Sammy, you wanna?
1: Sammy, you got anything to plug? <laughs>
3: nothing, nothing to plug.
1: No, Go cool. Ahead. Pat, Pat, uh, anything to plug?
4: I'm not involved enough to plug right. anything.
1: Uh, it's been a great episode. Uh, thanks for listening. We're uh... baby. Go, <claps> well, Alfonso. That'll be it. Talk to you next week.